What's up? My name is Josh, and thanks for checking out the GT Young Adults Podcast. We're a community from GT Church in Victoria, BC. We love Jesus, and we have a passion to learn, grow, and live like Him and have a ton of fun doing it. All the messages and conversations you'll find here will point you to His truth and His hope. So lean in to whatever God wants to speak to you today. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Welcome to the six. How are you doing? Good. That's great. This den feels super low, but I kind of like it right now. It's kind of fun. Hope your Christmas was good and your New Year's break was good. I hope you're getting back in kind of the flow of life and the flow of whatever season that may be for you. Uh, we're back, and I'm very excited to be back on Sunday nights. Uh, if you got a Bible, we're gonna we're gonna dive right into it. We're starting a brand new series called Grace and Truth. Look to your neighbor and say Grace. Look to the other person you ignored the first time and say, I'm sorry I ignored you. Truth. You can say truth to them if you want. We're going to go ahead and start this series called Grace and Truth. I think for me, as we, we kind of decided to send out a bit of an Instagram and see what you guys, how you res, would respond, we started asking some questions and seeing what you want to talk on. We asked uh, just sermon ideas, sermon topics, cultural things. What, what in your life right now is speaking to you? What isn't speaking to you? What is discipling you? What is counter-discipling you? We kind of had this, this thrown out there, and we got a lot of responses. It was great. And as we come into a new year, like I said, we wanted to kind of, I don't want to say decipher, but really begin to tackle some of those pieces. Not because I think we need to preach towards the cultural moment. We need to preach the good news of Jesus. The good news of Jesus, though, speaks to the cultural moment in every season. And so some of the questions you guys sent back or the ideas and themes you sent back will do on whether it's a 3MU or a podcast or whatever it is. But as we look here at the cultural moment, as we stop and look at 2022, which is, yeah, I'm with you, Brendan. It feels a bit wild, a little bit crazy that we're here. I feel like I've aged 10 years since 2019, but we're here. And as I read through kind of, I don't know, culture and pop culture and island, we even have an island culture, right? Like we have all of those pieces. We've kind of, as we sift through, as we look towards the gospel, it's interesting to see how the gospel looks to each and every single one of us. Like when I say the gospel, it may actually mean something different than when you say gospel. When I look at and say Jesus, it may actually be a little bit different than when you, what you think of Jesus. And so when I look at this, I see all sorts of things. As I look at our culture, I see how the gospel has been reframed and kind of replaced. And I see the progressive gospel. I see the institutional gospel. I see the mystical, spiritual, new age gospel. I see the materialistic or prosperity gospel. And I wonder if for us as Gen Zs primarily and, and, and or uh, millennials or whatever, maybe if you're not one of those, that's great. We're happy you're here. You're allowed to come. The list goes on. And I think we're in this process of constantly kind of deconstructing or reframing and, and always looking at the Bible and culture and trying to fuse them together. And we're trying to live by what Jesus says while not having our friends hate us. And we're just constantly finding us in this really difficult moment. As I said that, I saw a bunch of heads be like, yeah, yeah, how do I do that? I don't want my friends to hate me and I want to love Jesus. It's, it feels difficult. It feels challenging. I just want to, I want to say that I believe God has given us guiding principles that help us love him, love others, and are not ashamed to tell anyone about it. And he kind of breaks it down for us. It's this idea of grace and truth. It's not a fancy name, obviously. It comes from John 1, and that's where we'll be at the start. Uh, but I, I just want to say this off the top. Guys, Jesus is worth following. 
And I know it's hard. I know sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but like Jesus is worth following and the gospel doesn't need you adding to it or watering it down. And I understand it, it feels difficult sometimes. I think it, we, we would be quick to want to accept something from culture or, or change something to the gospel. It doesn't need you to do that. Please hear that. And Jesus is so worth following, especially now in 2022. And so if you have any New Year's resolution, make it that. Make it that I won't add or subtract from the gospel that I will let the gospel stand the test of time, which it already has. I will look to Jesus and let him guide me. And we will discover together as the six, young adults, GT Church, whatever you wanna say, we'll come together and we'll say, yeah, he is worth following. Let's do it together. And for you, may feel, you may feel like it doesn't seem that clear to me. I'm not actually 100% certain what you're saying yet. And so again, I wanna break this down for the next little while, for the next like six or seven weeks. I wanna tackle tonight these guiding principles, uh, this kind of value system that even Jesus sets up. Who is Jesus, by the way? We'll get to all of that. And I wanna unpack it kind of one by one. And so tonight we're really gonna talk about grace. And then for two weeks, we're gonna talk about how the culture wants to almost counter-disciple us when it comes to grace. And then we're gonna talk about truth for a week and how the culture wants to counter-disciple us when it comes to truth. Are you following me here? This is where we're headed. So let's simplify this because I wanna unpack this good news of Jesus. And I want to really, I wanna help us see, like really understand that this isn't so complicated. It's a little bit simpler. I was, I was, this reminds me of Bo. Last night, every night when we put Bo to sleep, he always, I'll hear him do this. Ah, like, mm. Oh, like he, he never wants to sleep. Like it's, he's so tired. Like the little man is so, so sleepy, but he just will constantly like shrug or he'll make like a dinosaur sound or he'll growl at me. I'll just hear it like silently in his room, like, <sighs> like he's not impressed that I put him to sleep. And I'm like, Bo, just go to sleep. Ah, oh, fine. Uh. It's always funny how they like add that ah uh, to the, every word. Fine, uh, dad, ah. Uh. And then he'll, he'll, he said this to me last night, which I thought was so funny and so cute at the same time. I'm like, Bo, just close your eyes and go to sleep. And he goes, if I close my eyes, I can't see anything. And we're just like, that's the point. Like, go to sleep, you know, just go to bed. And he's like, no, you don't get it. If I close my eyes, then I can't see anything. And I think it's a little bit like us, like we're, we're in bed and we're just, I'm not sure, should I do this? And if we would just take a moment and close our eyes, <laughs> take a deep breath, and focus in on the gospel, I think it'll be a lot more clear. I think we're trying so hard to keep everything open and be really honest and make sure we're doing this and make sure we're doing that. I don't wanna offend anyone, I don't want this. But what about this, what about this scripture? <sighs> Hold on, let's just take a deep breath. Can we do that? Everyone on three, one, two, three, in and out. And Jesus is with you, amen. I'm just kidding, that's not the gospel either. Okay, I'm just kidding. Some of you are like, really, we're done? No. If we would just focus in on the simple words, we're starting John 1, I think you're gonna see it a little bit clearer, okay? Let's do it together. John 1, it says this, this is like, I, you guys know me, if you know me at all, I just love this book, it's the greatest book. If you're looking for something to read, read, read the book of John. It says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, okay? He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made, Nothing, sorry, I always do that. I always mess this word up. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Underline this part, verse five in your Bible. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jumping down to verse 14. The word, okay, we're still using that language, the logos, became flesh 
and made his dwelling or indwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father and then highlight, underline, circle, star, bold, square, whatever you do, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh and made his indwelling among, among us. We have seen his glory, the, gl- the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth, there it is again, came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and in his closest relationship and is in closest relationship with the Father has made himself known. Now that's a lot of scripture. And so if we race through it like I did, it can seem complicated. So let's just break this down again. I re- like, guys, I really don't think you need a Bible college degree or even a preacher to explain this to you. Like, just follow with me. God became flesh, okay, first thought. We have seen him and his name is Jesus. Jesus is full of grace and truth. We have received grace upon grace. You don't get to see God, but Jesus is God and he made himself known. It's it. This is, this is what John is trying to help everyone see here. Like, we, we make all these complications around it. We try and overemphasize certain things. Following Jesus is actually very simply stated. Even Jesus' ministry is simply stated. It's right here. Jesus has come full of grace and full of truth. Not half grace, half truth. This isn't a half and half. You're not splitting a pizza. He is fully grace. He is full of truth. He is here. We have seen him and received him. There it is. This is what he's trying to say. And I think for us, we're, again, like Bo, we're constantly sitting with our eyes open, wondering and asking questions. And we're, like I said, following Jesus is simply stated, but it's less simply followed. I don't think it's unclear. I think we've muddied it. We've complicated it. So what is this grace? This is where I want us to land. What is grace? What am I talking about? What is the Bible talking about when he says grace? Because Jesus has come. We didn't get to see him, but that's okay. And it's actually a good thing Jesus says. Now we have the Holy Spirit. What is grace? What is he talking about here? Grace typically is the Greek word, this charis. Even in John 1, though, it's, it comes with a bit of context, and I want to break this down. For any Bible nerds in the house, this is important. When he uses the word grace upon grace, it's that verse uh, 16. Let's go back to it, and we'll read it again. Verse 16, out of his fullness, we've all received grace in place of grace already given. What the writer is trying to do here, he's just trying to show us that even when the law came, like I'm talking just like the Ten Commandments, okay? That was an act of grace. And I think for us in this moment, this cultural time, we always look at law as bad, right? We've preached that even. We don't follow a religion, we follow a relationship. Law is not good. God, Jesus abolished the law. Whoa, whoa, hold on. That's not what actually Jesus did. That is incorrect. Jesus came and fulfilled the law. He elevated it. He actually said, I don't want to, it's not just about not murdering anyone. That was just an act of grace to help you guys because you were so in your own hearts evil. You were so in your own hearts messing things up. I gave you the 10 commandments to just help you. That's what he's talking about, the old law. He's saying, now I've come. Things have changed. There's this new covenant. Everything is different now. And so with this word grace, it comes with some context because he's even relating it to the law. But in this moment here, this specific word, caress, he's talking about a unmerited favor. That's what grace is. Undeserved favor. Unmerited, like undeserving of favor. And it's a beautiful statement, isn't it? It's good. It's 
different from mercy, right? Mercy is like, like I'm not gonna give you the punishment you deserve. While grace is, I'm going to give you something even though you don't deserve it. You punch me in the face, I'm like, I ain't gonna punch you back. Okay, grace is like, punch me in the face, I'm gonna turn the other cheek and, and use your own, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your fist, I'm gonna punch my other cheek. It's a bad example, but you get it. Like, it's this, it's this like, you don't deserve this, so I'm not gonna harm you, that's mercy. Grace, it's this gift, it's this love, it's this acceptance, this favor, this thing we clearly don't deserve. Specifically in our Christian context, grace is what Jesus did for us on the cross. And I know, here, I'm just, I actually wrote a little note in here. Stop and tell all the Christians who have heard this message to key in here for a moment. Because I know most of us probably have a background in church, and yet we get this thing super wrong, friends. So can you just do something for me? Don't go on your phone yet. We got a little bit more scripture to get through. We're gonna jump around a little bit and then we're gonna land this plane all together. But I need you to hear this. I need you to hear this. I wanna read Ephesians 2 because I think it's probably, I think it's Paul's best writing. It's, it's the most powerful, most tangible, I think even just visible we can see uh, of writings of why we need grace, why it's important. Ephesians 2, verse one. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, somebody underlined that in their Bible, lived among them at one time. All of us gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Just feel like I need a keys player every time I read that. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like a little, Raymond, where are you at? I might need you this whole sermon. Just, I'm just kidding, you're good. Okay, come on up, come on up. Let's try it, why not? Let's do it. Give it up for Raymond, everyone. Come on, bless your heart and soul. Let's get some pace with the grace. Come on, let's go. There we, there we are. Here we go. All right. Can you give me like a little heavenly, um, can you nail that pitch with me? With me, I'm here, I'm here, right here. Uh, uh. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I've, he was better. I'm wrong. Okay. One more time. Let's read this together. Can we read this together? You got your Bibles? Open them up. This is, this is the best news you're ever going to hear. It actually doesn't get better than this. I'm telling you. Nothing gets better than this. Can you give me the lower one? Boom. Like, give me a little, like, heavy. Like, because there's some wrath. We use the word wrath in this, too. <laughs> you feeling it now? Are you, are you understanding what I'm trying to say? <laughs> there's so many things I was going to say, but I held back. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. And would you do something for me? Would you just close your eyes in this moment? But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been, someone say it with me, saved. Give it up for Raymer. Thanks, buddy. You can go. I, we don't have to say this all the time. I got so much. We got, we're going to go through Matthew. So I feel good. 
I just want you to understand and sense, isn't it? It is better though, isn't it? Now that he's not there, you're like, Kramer, would you go back? I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. He doesn't know if I want him or not. I don't even know. I need you to see this. Because we can't talk about grace without sin, without the reason why we needed it. If you keep, if you keep going, actually, it, it says this in verse, let's jump down to verse eight. For it is by grace that you have been saved, he says it again, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. Why did he save us? Why did he do this? Because he loves you. That's what it says. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, how did he do it? He made us alive in Christ by his grace. That's how it happened. It is The why is his love, the how is his grace. And I see this picture and I see this grace and I understand it so good and you can hear me preach and, and I know that it feels right and you probably heard it a hundred times and yet I still think we're missing it. I do. I still think this is a challenge for some of us, even in this room right now, to truly, honestly accept. I think there's still this, this idea like, I don't know if I actually deserve this. You don't. That's the whole point. I don't know if I can truly accept it. You, you can. You just have to come to Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. Somebody needs to underline this. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can, can boast. Write this down if you're taking notes tonight. Grace has no measure or no measurements. I think there's this Again, this is like, it's so elementary in so many ways, and yet still I see people who feel like they need to achieve God's acceptance. This is a constant struggle and battle we see, especially in this demographic. I think, I'm, I could be wrong, this is a problem because most of our life is very achievement-based, right? Like grades in school, I need to get this and therefore this. Uh, athletics, I have to get this far and so that I can get this far. I have to pass this test, I have to do this, whatever it is, a lot of our life is based around achievements, which by the way, I ain't saying we need to get rid of that, I'm just stating the facts, okay? Participation ribbons for everyone. Uh, you know, that's not, I'm, I'm just suggesting that so much of our life is based in this. And yet here is, there's a couple areas in our life, please hear me for a second, that should not be achievement-based, and yet for many of us in our upbringing, they were. So for some of us, it's church, actually. For some of us, we grew up in a church or a church background. Maybe it's this denomination or a different one where if you did this, you gained this, right? We've seen this. For some, I actually talked to a lot of you about the Catholic church and your experience in that. Listen, I have some wonderful brothers and sisters in the Catholic church. Not, like, this is not a broad statement, so don't, please don't hear that. But I understand for some of you, it was actually a really difficult season. You're always told to do this and repeat that and sing this, have this done. You have to do this on Easter. You have to do this there. Like, all of these things to do, and it's felt really difficult to understand that, this unmerited, undeserving favor. And so for many of us, the places that we should have, have heard the message of grace and love, we didn't hear, first being the church. Secondly, maybe it's at home. I, and again, I'm breaking down these two areas that primarily we should never have heard anything but love and acceptance, and yet for some reason we didn't. At home, maybe you heard you have to do this and do that, follow this rule all the time, no matter what. I, I always think of, I, I had this in my notes, I always think of, 
of a friend I had. His name was Jordan Ng, and he was, he was easily the smartest guy in my entire grad class. Like, this, this is a guy who got 98% in Math 12 in the first semester and took it again in, in the second semester because he, he had to, not he wanted to, he had to get 100% or more. 100% or more? Like, what more? Like, 100, 100%, like, that's what it is. And he, he did. He got 103%. He found extra credit pre. He got 100% on the provincial. Like, this is what this guy did. Why? Because his upbringing was come back with 100% or don't come back at all. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. He told me that. Because I, I, I remember sitting down with him at lunch and being like, Jordan, why are you taking this again? I took it in the first semester and I dropped it because I couldn't handle it. Like Math 12, Math 12 is literally the hardest class ever. Can I get an amen? Some of you are like, please, calculus in grade 10, whatever. <laughs> like I, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And finally he said, this is what my dad says. Come back with 100% or don't come back at all. Georgia recently, I think she's realizing that she's like, we're having another boy and then we're done. <laughs> okay, we're absolutely done. And I think she's realizing like, oh, I'm like the only, I'm the only girl. Like this is kind of exciting. And, and then, of course, we just had, like, a nephew recently in the family. And so she's really realizing, like, oh, I'm, like, the only, only girl. And she recently has been saying something to me and Trina. She'll come up to me and she'll say, are you happy that you got me as a daughter? Georgia, of, of course. You're the best. And I'll have to sit around, like, no, literally. Like, Georgia, you are my favorite. I tell this to people all the time. And she's like, well, are you happy that I'm your daughter because I do the best horsey sounds? It's like, no. <laughs> Definitely not, actually. They're so loud. They're piercing. <laughs> oh, my sweet baby Jesus. Like, are you happy because I have, like, long blonde hair? Because I always tell her her hair is so beautiful. And she's, I just, you know, I'm always just, like, I just adore her. I'm like, no. Or is it because I, like, I'm a really good leader and I help Bo and I help you with Bo all the time? I'm like, no, George, I love that you do all those things, but that's not why I love you. There's nothing you have to do, G. Like, I'm your dad and I love you. And that's it. And I don't know if it's because she's the only girl that she's always asking, like, do I have to now live up to something? Am I, because I'm the only girl, is it, or is it she's just is looking for affirmation and I'm a poor father? Like, I'm not sure what it is exactly, but it still matters that she's asking the question. And I think for us, we continue to think that there's a certain amount of measurements or analytics. There's a grade I have to hit. Is there an entry fee? Is it about my race? Is it about my gender? Is it how much Bible I know? No. Period. Stop it. You're old enough now to realize this. This isn't youth group anymore. We've said this message enough. He loves you. His grace is for you. He has come in the fullness of grace. And he's saying to you and to me very clearly, this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that none of us can boast. Are you hearing me tonight? This is the grace of God. It's what separates him from so many other worldviews and ideas and concepts that he would be willing, the God Almighty would be willing to come and sit lowly with us, die for us, and then even give us a way through. This is the message and I'm so sorry if the church has hurt you. And I'm so sorry if it was from family or somewhere where you shouldn't have received like this plus this equals acceptance. That's not the case. We've been so hardwired in our life that if we achieve a certain amount of success, we'll be accepted into the family. And that's not how it works with the kingdom of God. That's a lie. It's not what grace is. 
And I know you know this. This is what's frustrating, and yet we still don't really fully embrace it. We have a difficult time understanding it. Recently, we took the kids to a movie on New Year's Day. It's kind of our tradition. And we went to Sing 2. Anyone seen Sing 2 by any chance? Some of you went, have gone to it. It's, it's awesome. It's great. It's really good. Basically, it's like animals singing songs, which is, you know, normal nowadays. And, and, and th- but this time, it's kind of all based around U2 and Bono, actually, which is awesome. Anyone U2 fans in the house? This is why everyone hates millennials and Gen Z. This is it, because you don't even know U2. Hands up if you listen to YouTube. Can I just, on, I want to, okay, that beforehand is why they hate you, because, and us, because you don't put up your hand when a preacher gen- just genuinely asks a question. Just put up your hand, okay? Just put up your hand. It's not hard. Does anyone know YouTube? That's what I saw. It's killing me, just absolutely killing me. And YouTube is like, you, if you, you guys know YouTube and Bono, like, they write music, right? Like, that's music. Like, that actually, like, it speaks to your soul. It moves you. Like, you hear that line from Edge, the guitarist, and you're like, this is a song. Like, this is good. And so I, at the very end, they play this song, and it's like this beautiful song. And for us, it's like, it's like a gospel song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. We just love it. It sounds so gospel-centric. But if you read the lyrics, it, it poses this really hard question. Again, this contrast the last verse, you broke the bonds and you loosed the chains. Carried the cross of my shame, of my shame. And oh, I believe it. And then he says, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You know the line, right? But I still haven't found. It's pitiful. It's terrible. This is why they hate us. I'm just telling you. This is why. Bono was interviewed by the Rolling Stone and they were talking about this beautiful gospel song and he's like, no, no, no. This is earlier in his career. He says, that's, that's an anthem of doubt, not faith. That despite knowing, despite knowing he broke the bonds and loosed the chains, carried the cross for my shame, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And we sit here and we hear this message again and again and yet we still try and find acceptance from God through our motives and our abilities. I'm telling you, it's not, it's not the way he set it up. It's, there's a better way here. And then, you know what happens? Is this race to like grace for us and our heart gets even more difficult for us. First of all, we put our own ambitions and achievements and we feel like, God, if I just sell this much or if I do this much or if I get this far in university, if I get my master's, whatever it is, then, no, 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 no. I want to jump to Matthew 4. Actually, to be quite honest, most of this, most of this series will be done in Matthew. Matthew 4, there's this brief little like moment, and it's the very first kind of words and thoughts and ideas from Jesus in his ministry. And I'm closing. This is, it's like his first message, you guys. Like before the Sermon on the Mount, before all these pieces, he gets baptized by John the Baptist. He, he's ready to go into ministry, but before he does anything, he actually gets, goes to the desert. He's led by the Holy Spirit to the desert to be tempted. We'll break that down another time. And he, then he has this little, like, four or five verses right here that's so powerful, it's so important. Uh, chapter four in the book of Matthew, starting in verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison. Okay, so the guy who was preaching, John the Baptist, is now in prison. He withdrew to Galilee. Galilee was this big city. Okay, a lot of Gentiles, a lot of Jews, big city. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum. That's important. Uh, Matthew, Peter, they're all from this place. He did a lot of ministry there, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun 
and Naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. This is important. Okay, I just want to take a quick spot, stop here. Matthew is constantly going to bring in different prophecies. For us, we're like, that's boring. I don't need to know Obadiah, whatever. No, no, he's trying to tell the Jewish readers at this time, hey, 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 remember how we were always waiting for this guy? He's here. So he's constantly bringing in Old Testament, Old Testament like scripture so that they can fully grasp and see that the Messiah has come. It's a big deal. Land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living, here it is again, remember John 1, the people living in darkness now have seen a great light. From those living in the land of shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. Are you ready? Who was ready? This is Jesus' first message. I'm trying to remember my first message. It was probably the worst heresy everywhere. Here, we ready? This is, this is what he says. This is Jesus' first message. Ready? And you're loved. Just be you all the time. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the start to his ministry. This is the beginning of his preaching ministry. By the way, I don't care what anyone else says, Jesus primarily came to preach not to heal, that was a part of his ministry. He came to preach the good news. He actually came to bring the, like, the kingdom of heaven. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. What an interesting message from Jesus. What an interesting thought of all the things you would expect, of all the things that we even prioritize as preachers or you would assume, he asked people to repent. Repent of what? You may ask, what is he talking about? Your sin, that's what he's talking about. My sin? My sin? You're talking about me? I, no. I don't have any sin. Are you, don't, no, yeah, yeah, you have sin. Are you sin shaming me? No, sin is shaming you, actually. That's what's happening. And this is the point that we all, again, now we're like, oh, I don't know about this. This feels really hard. It feels difficult to understand. First, you're like, okay, I can get past the idea. Okay, I, I don't have to achieve it. Fine, it's this free gift. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. But now I've got to deal with some things. Now I have to be honest with myself. Now I have to face the facts of my own selfish desires, like was talked about in Ephesians. Yeah, that's what he's saying. We so badly want restoration. Our soul craves it without repentance. And I'm sorry, friends. You know why this is so important? You know why Jesus talks about repentance? Why, and honestly, why I think we skim over it as preachers sometimes? Because we don't even wanna deal with it. But repentance is what is, like honestly, breathes honesty into a relationship think of my marriage, I think about how important it is, how often I come to Trina and have to be like, Trina, I, I am so sorry. Here's something that I have done. Here's something that I have done that actually affects both of us. I'm, I'm sorry, I need your forgiveness. But you said this was a free gift. But you said this grace comes with nothing. You said I just... You said it was free. You said I wouldn't have to do anything. You said it wouldn't be, matter. Rest, restoration is what your soul craves and repentance is the way to get there. 
and we view repentance as this thing that's evil and hard and I should never have to face my own feelings. I should never have to deal with the sin of my life. Friends, this is the right way. And Jesus is trying to show you something. He's trying to actually help you that your confession to him is about breathing that honesty into that relationship. And here's what's so interesting, I think. When you confess, you see what that grace is for. Do you understand what I'm saying? Grace doesn't become tangible. It doesn't become impactful. It doesn't rest on our heart and our soul unless you're willing to confess why you need it. You can't fully understand grace until you fully experience grace. And I mean this with all of my heart. You, you experience the gift of life when you're willing to admit you haven't lived a perfect one. How about that? Like, you really begin to see this life that God has for you, this love that God has for you, when you're willing to lay it down and say, I, I recognize this has not been perfect. Like when, you, when you're late at night and you've watched pornography, can we get a little bit honest here? And then you, you, you shut that down or like, and you're mad and the shame sets in. And rather than going on your hands and knees and being like, Lord, I don't know why. I don't know why this is a struggle. I'm so sorry and receiving the grace upon grace upon love. Instead, we just shut it down and think, I'm fine, I don't need to talk about it. And we let it fester and we let it sit. When you're constantly trying to build up your own image, your own persona, and we actually become an idol, and we realize that all I think about is me, and rather than turning your eyes to God, you're like, he, he loves me for whom, it's all good, it's all fine. We sang a song, I'd never heard it before, but. The, 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 the phrase hidden wars was saying and instantly I was just hit by the Holy Spirit. I really was. And I felt like the Lord said to me, he said, if we would stop, if we would just come to him and repent, I knew I was preaching this, hidden wars would become forgotten battles. And it just hit me so hard. And I feel like we're in here, however many of us it is, we have people battling with addiction and sin and we think it's fine, I can just push it aside. I don't need to talk to God about it. Maybe I'll see a counselor about it. No, 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 you need grace. And it's a free gift. You don't have to achieve it. You just gotta come to the Lord. And this idea of repentance isn't an evil thing. It helps you confess and recognize what you need grace for. It's actually how you show God, Lord, you are greater than I am and I, I need something greater than me. I can't do this on my own. I actually really need you right now. And so stop fighting these hidden wars. God wants to make them forgotten battles, but it won't happen unless you experience grace. Don't sit here understanding what grace is from a biblical perspective experience it, see it, let it sink deep into your heart. Can I just speak to the person right now who continues to try and achieve this? Like again and again, and then someone preaches a message, and again and again, you're trying to show God why you deserve his affection. Stop. He loves you, he sees you, he's created you. You don't need to do anything else. Just come to him, repent, and say, Jesus, I just need you. Repent isn't an evil word. It's not a harsh idea just coming and being honest and admitting what's going on. We can't talk about how culture is 
counter-discipling us in the ideas of grace and all these things unless we get it, unless we get it. I want us to get it so bad because when we experience it, everything changes. Just for a second, please, because there's not a lot of people here and I can just do this, like, Specifically, I'm just talking to guys because the statistics would say it's hardest on you. Pornography doesn't have to grip your life anymore. If you would just come to Jesus, he wants to help you. And just to be honest with yourself finally that maybe this is a problem. Maybe coming repenting to God is truthfully what you need and he wants to show you that he loves you and it's okay, that he's for you, that he's with you. Again, statistically, because it's said this way, although these can definitely go either way, ladies in the house, women of God, you don't have to achieve it. Stop trying to win it over. You don't need to try and figure it out on your own. There's a grace for you. He loves you. He sees you. Experience grace. Don't just understand it. That would be a waste to know the goodness of God and to never fully experience it. Would you stand to your feet with me? Don't let this moment pass you by. Can the lights come down a little bit more, guys? Sorry, I just, we're here, it's, why not? Let's just. I wanna pray for you in two different ways. First, for the person who just needs grace for the very first time, who've never fully heard this message said this way, who've just never fully understood that there's a God who loves them. He died for you on the cross. He died for your sins and for your shame so that you wouldn't have to carry them any longer. It is only through faith in Jesus, by his grace, that we are saved. That's it. He says, I see your sin. I see your, what do we sing? Though my sins are scarlet, he washes them white as snow. If you would close your eyes in this place, in this house, if that's you, I just wanna pray with you for a moment. Jesus, simply, not complicated, not with any sort of language I could conjure, simply, Lord, I pray your love would rest on that person who right now maybe is truthfully making the decision to accept you for the very first time. Would your grace be so tangible? Would your love be so evident? Would they sense you, Spirit, comforting them and showing them that they are loved? Bring them into the family of God in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray you would be all over this place, but especially for that person for the very first time who is seeing this light that that we read about. Would it come into the dark places of their heart? And when they realize that they need grace, I pray right now in Jesus' name that they with, with their own lips in their own heart, confess, God, I need you. It's that simple, you guys. Jesus, I've sinned against you. I've constantly gone after after my own ambitions, but now I choose you. And over everyone else, 
for the person who is stuck in sin and can't break free, for the person who continues to try and break their own way out, who is trying to go after their own achievement and success, I pray right now in Jesus' name that they would recognize that there is grace upon grace upon grace. Jesus, right now for the person who just feels this weight of sin, that they've done something that they just can't break it and it's always gonna hold them back, I pray right now for the hidden wars in here. Lord, I pray right now that you would do what only you can do, that you would make them forgotten battles, that you would make them something, it would literally be wiped clean tonight, God, in Jesus' name, that whatever it is, however many of us it's in here, Lord, that we would all leave this place empowered by your grace, with full of love, understanding that there is a God who is for us and who loves us and sees us tonight. And so I just pray for those who need to confess and repent. Pray would not be a hard thing and they'd recognize why they're doing it because God, that's where we see your grace really show up.